The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America, welcome to a Friday the 13th edition. For the 39th ever show of All Around Sports, reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We will come live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www. IIRSports, one word, dot com. Well, as always, it was another wild week in sports, and as usual, I will discuss the highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items that dominated this past week's news for our second show of 2012. In 15 minutes, I will welcome our weekly weekly call-in guest, Brian Lowe, reporter for Patriots Today up here in New England. Then, in a half hour, for segments three and four, we will welcome our weekly call-in guest, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. Well, I'm going to start off with a little different order this week and uh, go with my event of the week that I attended, which was the U.S. Army All-American Bowl in San Antonio last Saturday. The organizers of the event, All-American Sports, based in New Jersey, brought me out to help him with uh, public relations and media work. So it was my first time being part of this unique combination of sports and the military, which, of course, is perfect for my focus on this unique intersection of two great American institutions, football and the U.S. Army. The things that jumped out at me at the game were the awesome presence of United States soldiers taking up an entire corner of the Alamo Dome where the game was played, and doing all types of uh, in-sync cheers. It was just uh, awesome to witness uh, the loudness of it, the, the, how in-sync they were, and it was just, uh, just a, a great advertisement for the U.S. Army. And another thing that jumped out at me were that uh, some of the high school stars, again, it was America's top 90 high school players participating in this event, East versus West. And some of the high school all-stars were committing to college live on the game, during the game, which was on NBC. 
and they were down in a corner of the stadium near the end zone, uh, and they had their families, and then basically they had three hats lined up with in front of them, which were the three hats of the final three colleges they were considering attending, and they would pick one of the hats, and it was really cool, really high drama, and uh, just loved the way they did it, and it was all live to a national audience on NBC. And let me just uh, note also that it was the largest attendance in the history of the event, which is in its 11th year, uh, 39,000 plus. So again, just really terrific. The Alamo Dome was a great facility. Uh, couldn't help but think of what had gone on there just a week or two before with the Alamo Bowl and Robert Griffin the third RG3, the Heisman Trophy winner from Baylor, uh, lighten it up in what was a 67 to 56 final uh, over Washington uh, spectacular game and one that will live in the annals forever. And the final thing that I thought was really unique was uh, the way they set up autograph tables uh, immediately down from their seats and got autographs from their favorite high school stars, soon to be uh, college and some days for some of them NFL stars. Uh, Need I say more than Tim Tebow played in this game? Uh, and the longest line was for Barry J. Sanders Jr. And uh, it was just very impressive to watch him handle the crowd and take pictures with soldiers. Uh, clearly well trained and comes from good genes, as we all know. My low light of the week is the BCS National Championship game on Monday night where an absolutely lifeless LSU team showed up and got whitewashed by Alabama in a historically bad performance. How do you play the national championship at the Superdome in New Orleans, a virtual home game 70 miles from their campus in Baton Rouge, and not get past the 50-yard line until the fourth quarter? Even more puzzling to me was that the LSU teams always seem pumped up to play, particularly this year's squad with eight victories over ranked teams. They were the only undefeated team in the regular season in the country. Many of their games over these ranked teams were on the road. Coach Les Miles, he may already have a national championship in hand from a few years back, but he made absolutely not one in-game adjustment and may never live this one down. My bizarre story of the week is the implosion of the New York Jets, with quarterback Mark Sanchez's work ethic being questioned and team captain Santonio Holmes under fire as he sat on the bench for the most important and basically last drive of the season. And the key to this story is that in both instances, Sanchez and Holmes, it is teammates firing volleys at these two guys, showing yet again that organizations usually rot from within. The team's demise from within is so bad that owner Woody Johnson had to address it yesterday on CNBC of all places. Coach Rex Ryan's act has gotten old. And everyone has tuned him out, including the players. And now my highlight of the week, which was visiting the supercharged, playoff-ready Patriots locker room the other day as Tebow time comes to New England for tomorrow night's huge playoff game. I will be there and have not been this excited to attend a football game in years, despite the fact that uh, it's supposed to be... Something that sounds like 20 degrees with a wind chill, bringing it down close to zero by game's end. Falls right in line with some memorable previous Saturday night 
home playoff games in New England that I've had the pleasure to attend. And what better way to start than with listening uh, to this locker room media interview with receiver Aaron Hernandez, the star of the Patriots' victory over the Broncos last month and one of Tebow's top targets when they were teammates at Florida. Here's Aaron. Plays call for me, and they were obviously focusing on Gronk and Wes and left me with some opportunities to make plays, and they happened. Do you expect that they'll try something different than having the success you had against them last time, that um, maybe you'll get some more attention? Uh, I honestly, I don't even think about it. I, I honestly don't even care what they do because uh, they, they got to pick their poison. Whoever they want to focus on, we have more of the options than they can focus on. Is there more of a step in practice this weekend? Just yesterday, more of a step. Guys, kind of more focused, getting ready because uh, you've had that week off. I'll say all year you're focused here with Bill Belichick, but uh, I'd say a lot more intensity, a little more attention to detail and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, definitely playoff game. Aaron, how much better are you for having had? the experience of playing in the playoffs last year, knowing what it's like? Um, well, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't play that much last year in the game, but uh, I'd say uh, I'm ready for this week. You were banged up a little bit, weren't you, last year? Yeah, I was, uh, my hip. So the, you don't seem so banged up now. Maybe a little better outlook going into the playoffs? Yeah, I feel great. Great. Back when they, when you, you and Rob got drafted the same year, what did you think when they were two rookie tight ends coming and what that meant for this offense and maybe for your own production? Uh, it, worked, it ended up working out perfect. I don't even remember my thoughts at the time, but I knew I was excited just to get on a team, and that was a lifelong dream, but uh, it worked out perfect, and I hope we don't leave each other. Defensively, are they any different than they were when you faced them the first time? Um, not that I know of, but uh, I'll get back to you on that. Hey, was, there, was there a time when... Um, when it was sort of re-emphasized to you that if they cover someone that Brady won't force it there, he'll sort of just find find an open guy. Like, was there a time when you sort of realized, like, oh wow, he really does just throw the open guy? Um, I'd say not always just throw to the open guy, but if the guy isn't open, I'll put it in the right place for him to be like he's open. But uh, he's a great quarterback; everyone knows that, and uh, he makes his offense go. You played a lot of games with Tim. What did you think of the way he played against the Steelers last week? Uh, the ball? I thought I thought he played well, and uh, that's my boy, and I hope for success uh, in his future. Has <laughs> 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 your opinion, your opinion changed about the Broncos after that win against the Steelers? Uh, honestly, I haven't really even been thinking about it that much, but. Um, uh, I just know I'm ready for this week and see what they can do this week. Good? Thank you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Have we got a high energy all access sports show for you. 
It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemont Williams. Each week, join Lemont as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is one 888 Three four six nine one four four, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests join us. And today we have Brian Lowe, reporter for Patriots Today here in New England. And welcome, Brian. Uh, we talked in the locker room on Wednesday, but you are around the team constantly. Are they ready for tomorrow night? Yeah, I think there's a I think there's a good amount of focus. Uh, with this team, and I, and I think you know the players who have been around the team the last couple of years. I think you know, I think in the back of their minds, they they probably know the feeling that came uh, after they lost home playoff games the last couple of years. And I think there's enough guys in this locker room that uh, know what's at stake and, and, and want to avoid uh, avoid what happened the last couple of years. Well, I agree, and uh, you know, I heard the craziest statistic yesterday, potential statistic, we'll call it. Uh, as you just referenced, play, uh, Patriots haven't won a playoff game in four years, and the statistic I heard was that Brady could be one of the f- first quarterbacks ever. I think there's three others with four straight postseason losses if they lose tomorrow night, and it's really the first time I can ever recall him being associated with a negative statistic. <laughs> you know, I saw that one too. And you know, you think back to you know, they won nine. They, he won his first nine playoff games, or one, oh three, oh four, just sweeping through. And and you 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 know, you still think of Tom Brady as you know big money quarterback, and he is. I mean, every every what he did early in his career is still enough to carry him through uh, his entire career. But I do think that you know, getting off this uh, playoff schneid, if you will, uh, is pretty important to him, and and he still has. You know, one of the best playoff records, um, and and is still known for his clutch performances. But it's got to be gnawing at him. I'm sure it's been gnawing at him since that uh, since that day in the desert in uh, 2000 uh, Super Bowl in 2008. Um, and they haven't. It's amazing that they haven't won a playoff game since. And and if they don't win this game, then come next January, which would be their next opportunity to uh, appear in a playoff game, it will be five years uh, without uh, a playoff win. Five calendar years, which is 
which would just be unheard of in Tom Brady's prime and, and Bill Belichick's prime. Um, so that is a category, the one you just mentioned, that Brady definitely desperately wants to avoid. And, and, and I, think, I think things are lining up pretty well. Uh, you know, a lot of the intangibles and a lot of the on-field matchups are lining pretty well for the Patriots uh, as they get closer and closer to tomorrow night. And I, and I agree. And, uh, yeah, it, it is just remarkable. I think, you know, the, the, the 2007 loss in the Super Bowl scarred us all. Worst loss ever. And, uh, you know, I don't think anybody, including Brady and anybody who played in that game, has ever truly or will ever truly recover from it. And, uh, you know, at the, you know, I'm going to speak here as a season ticket holder, which I've been for 18 years. And at the risk of sounding like a spoiled Patriot fan or, you know, because there's many NFL cities would kill just to have a home playoff game. Uh, if the Patriots don't win tomorrow night and we're not sitting in Gillette Stadium a week from Sunday for the AFC title game, many are going to, here in New England, will view this season as an abject failure from a fan point of view. I mean, what are yeah, your thoughts and, and, about that? And I think rightfully so. I, I mean, I, you know, the, the standards, the standards have been set over the last decade here. And, and you know, you know, realistically, you can't win the Super Bowl every year. You're not going to win the Super Bowl every year. But the standards are, you know, the standards are beyond merely regular season success. And this was a, you know, Tom Brady's 33, 34 years old. He's still operating at an extremely high level. They have a lot of talent on this team. We, we've talked about the defense. We know the defense isn't uh, exactly where uh, people would hope it would be. Um, but the standards are get deep in the postseason. Those are the standards. And 10 years ago, it was a different story. By the time they were in the playoffs in 2001 and about to host the Raiders, you know, anything at that point was going to be gravy. Now, that's not the case. And I think, I think, um, you're right about keeping perspective because, you know, cities, uh, you know, like Detroit and Cleveland, um, you know, Houston, a lot of cities are just desperate for a win to get into the playoffs and, and maybe host a game. So you're right about that, but, no, maybe it'll be different here five, ten years from now if there's a different regime and a different quarterback. But right now, thirteen and three in the regular season, but going home after one week is not good enough. It's just not good enough. It really isn't. And again, I used the word earlier, spoiled, and that word comes from simply that the Patriots yep. had never lost a playoff game at Gillette Stadium. Right. Prior to their loss to the Ravens, which again featured the 83-yard run on the first play of the game by Ray Rice, and uh, and so you know, you know, it just came as such a shock to everybody when that game occurred. And then uh, last year, of course, they beat the Jets 45 to three in the Ballyhooed Monday Night game in whatever December, and only yep. to lose to them. A month later, first again in Gillette Stadium, first round of the playoffs, and. Uh, so yeah, it's just uh, you know an incredible situation. I, as you know, used to cover the Steelers early in my career, so I've actually witnessed similar uh, fan behavior and expectations would probably be the best word. Uh, mm -hmm. And you know, so seeing it twice in my career is just uh, well, number one, I'm lucky uh, to just be a part of it, and number two, uh, it's just going to be incredible if. Uh, you know, the Patriots don't win, uh, and, you know, but I'm looking forward to a supercharged game tomorrow night. There's something magical about Saturday night postseason. I think it's a unique, the, it's not the feature time slot. That's really Sunday at four, but 
nonetheless, it's unique. The Patriots' history of the the, tuck, the snow bowl, which I attended, the yep. four degrees below zero, twenty five below wind chill, Tennessee Titan game that I attended four or five years ago, and. Uh, they did win one against Jacksonville uh, after the undefeated season. Not quite as memorable on a Saturday night. And now this. So yep. I think it's just going to be great. And we've got some weather. Uh, you referenced it. I, I have been outside in the past hour. There's a stiff wind occurring in New England. What effect do you think that will have? Well, I think if it's as windy tomorrow night as it is now, um, I think it could have an effect. Uh, you know, you, you would think that, it would have a, a more of a negative effect on the Patriots um, if they plan to pass the ball. Patriots do, um, but I don't think it's expected to be uh, quite as windy. I think it's going to be uh, bitter cold, um, and I think bitter cold. You know, that is not anything that phases the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots are more than happy to play in uh, cold weather. I think they have a lot of players who have proven that. Uh, I think the bigger question would be: Is Tim Tebow prepared to play in uh, in such cold weather? Um, you know, that would be more the question. Um, and and I don't know uh, I don't know about that I don't know what his experience level is uh, in the playoffs I'm sorry in in such cold weather and uh, that would be that would be the question um, so uh, that would be the question I, I don't know yep. Tim Tebow in, the, in 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 cold weather I'm just not sure about that correct and you just uh, you and I just set a record for actually talking for almost ten minutes without mentioning Tim Tebow's name. So we deserve kudos for that. Yeah. But but now that we have uh, now that we have mentioned Tim Tebow's name, what are your thoughts on Tebow mania? I've never I haven't seen anything like it in years, and it's uh, already what I consider an all timer, an all time story. Yeah, I, I, you know and, I think he's um, I, you know he's obviously he's obviously quite compelling, and um, and uh, you know I, I I do think he has potential to be a good starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, I'm not positive that uh, that the Broncos are going to stick with him um, from here on out. I, I think they're still looking, and John Elway is still looking for uh, more of a sample size uh, there. And um, I, but I, but I think you know what has helped him this year is that teams haven't really had a chance to prepare for anything like him um, before they actually play in a game against the Broncos. And uh, you know, I think the Patriots referenced it four weeks ago. Um, before they played him the first time, and they're referencing it now. Um, it's, he's a hard guy to prepare for. So you wonder if teams are able to catch up to him next year, um, have more, you know, teams that have the Broncos on their schedule, um, if they're able to uh, you know, watch more film, have more film on him, and, and, and see what's going to happen. But I do think that a lot of their success this year has been the kicker <laughs> in overtime and the defense. Right. And the defense has not been quite as good in recent weeks. I guess they were against Kansas City, but they've struggled a little bit more than they had earlier on in the season. You look at some of the games that they've had, and, and, and some of them they won in spite of Tim Tebow. That Chicago game, um, you know, the Broncos deserve credit for winning that game, but you know, they didn't win because of Tim Tebow. Uh, they won because of Matt Prater. They won because of Marion Barber. They won because of the defense. So I think there have been a lot of games like that, but he is still just a second-year quarterback. And, um, you know, I, I, think, I think there's potential there. Uh, he'll always be a different style quarterback. I don't think he'll ever be in the mold of a, of a Brady and a Breeze and a Rodgers. Um, but I think, there's, I think there's reason to believe that, that, that a team could win uh, with Tebow. I agree. I agree. Uh, I thought Vince Wilfork had some interesting comments from the podium the other day, which was just simply talking about his sheer size. I mean, obviously you can see it. You, you, everybody knows he's a runner. But, you know, when you just look at him, what I like about him is 
he delivers the punishment, even on linebackers. He's not the one getting hit. He's the one doing the hitting while holding yep. the ball very often. And it's almost like, you know, like the story itself. The more I see of him, frankly, the bigger he looks. He's just a beast to bring down by any standard. And, yep. you know, I, I just think, again, back to Tebow mania. It's, you know, he's a unique human being. Uh, I was pretty taken. I don't know how anybody could not be the... I guess 15 minutes before kickoff uh, this past Sunday against the Steelers, and he, uh, he met with a young girl, 12, 13, yep. whatever, had 70 operations, yeah. and then yep. I guess tomorrow night again on the sidelines at Gillette Stadium, yep. he is uh, planning to meet with someone uh, 15 minutes or so before kickoff is what I've been hearing. Yep, yep. And he, yeah, go ahead. No, he, 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 he is, um, there, there are some, uh, special qualities of him. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, you can't, you know, the, the, the only, the most, uh, n- uh, negative anyone can really be about Tim Tebow is the whole, you know, he, he's shoving religion in our face and, and he's over right. the top and that, and that stuff and all that, which, you know, I'm not as bothered by, I think, as a lot of other people, but what is there, there's not a whole lot bad to say about him, about his personality, his work ethic, um, and what he stands for. And, 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 uh, um, you know, you hope that uh, in in the year you know twenty uh, you know two thousand twelve that we're in, uh, where there's so much uh, so many opportunities and so much media, and uh, where there could be that opportunity where someone uh, <laughs> digs deep and finds that negative. But so far there hasn't been. And I, I think I think he's a he's a great story. You look at the TV ratings. People, he's a compelling figure. People are uh, people are, are are watching. People are paying attention. And I think that's, you know, I, I, there, there, and there's no reason not to. There's a lot of good reason to follow and to watch Tim Tebow. And, uh, and, and we'll see, you know, eight and eight records through his career won't get it done. I mean, the, the, the novelty will wear off if they don't, if he doesn't continue to win and win big. Um, but for right now, I think it's a great story for the NFL. It really is. I agree. And uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, prior to the previous Denver Patriots playoff uh, game out in Denver, I have a lifelong friend that uh, is on the faculty at University of Florida in Gainesville, 30-year season ticket holder, uh, huge Tebow fan. Needless to say, Tebow is probably his all-time favorite athlete. And, you know, so I went to him and said, you know, is it real? Is it genuine? Is there anything about this guy? Have you ever heard a negative word? Yeah. And he just absolutely swore up and down. Again, I've known throughout my life. And, uh yeah, so I just think it's great. Yeah, and it is, it is uh, something different. I mean, it's something different for the NFL. Right. And I think that's, I think that's good. Right, and you know, by any standard, a role model. Again, the religion. I can see where people can be a little, you know, tired of the religious aspect of it. But you know, just set that aside slightly. You've still got a role model, but you know, in a unique, unique story. Uh, right. And we're, we're bumping up against our break, Brian, but my final question is just ratings. You know, I'm looking for this, I guess Sunday's game against Steelers, highest rated wild card game yeah. ever. I think tomorrow night is just going to be potentially, oh. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think it could be the most watched non Super Bowl oh, yeah. ever, but, Tempered somewhat by the fact that it is Saturday night, and uh, as Phil Sims said this week, America goes out on Saturday night, and they'll be in right. bars watching, but they're not in the ratings. Right. I think it'll still be. Uh, I think it'll still be a record breaker, and CBS has to be pretty excited that they're guaranteed, 
either Tom Brady or, or Tim Tebow in the AFC Championship game, uh, that's pretty good considering, uh, you know, uh, some of the, you know, some of the teams that might be good teams but don't have quite as big a draw. They will have either Tim Tebow or Tom Brady next week and they've got to be pretty excited about that as well. You're absolutely right. That's a great way to look at it. And, yeah. uh, yeah. Well, you know, Brian, I just want to thank you so much for taking time out of your very, very busy week, I'm sure, to well, my pleasure, join sir. us. Well, my pleasure having you, and uh, let's hope that you and I are talking again next week in the locker room at Gillette Stadium preparing for the uh, AFC Championship game. Absolutely. I, I, I think there's a pretty good shot at that, but, you know, that's why, that's why we're all gathering at Gillette Stadium tomorrow night. It's going to be fun, and thanks again, Brian, and now it's time for our break. And uh, joining us after our break will be weekly call-in expert Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. It's the revolution with Jim and Trav. Brought to you by Zeiss. This week on the show will be Lori Podoski with Ruger, Mike Barnum with Galco, Stephanie Sanford with the NRA, Shepard Humphreys with Shooting in Jackson Hole, Outdoor News Highlights, plus Chance Orth and Cat Daddy when we talk about Conceal and Carry. All brought to you by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life, from Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. He'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And joining us on the line now is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. And Barry, how are you today? Uh, John, I, I, am, I am jacked up for an exciting NFL weekend. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, obviously it's what, it's what everyone's talking about. This weekend, so uh, yeah, kind of can't wait to for, for for the kickoff for all four games. I think it's going to be a great weekend. Oh, I totally agree. And uh, is this going to be fabulous? And you know, I we've done a lot of Patriots talk already. Uh, 
played a soundbite from Aaron Hernandez and then just had Brian Lowe, reporter for Patriots Today, uh, on the line for 15 minutes and he was terrific. And Barry, I just, uh, I also had collected in the locker room the other day, uh, some sound bites from the elder statesman and one of the few Patriots left who won all, won all three Super Bowl rings, Matt Light. So I'm going to quickly run a couple of Matt's comments and then I'd like to get your perspective. Sure. Terrific. And, uh, yeah, our first one is Matt Light talking about Bill O'Brien taking the job at Penn State, but still being offensive coordinator as we head into tomorrow night's playoff game. Here's Matt on Bill O'Brien. I mean, we've gone through some transitions, whether it's Charlie or Josh and, you know, obviously Billy. And, you know, I think Coach O'Brien's done uh, just a phenomenal job of handling, you know, the, the roles and the responsibilities that come with being a coordinator and, and, you know, really jumping into it from day one. And, you know, he does a great job of getting us prepared. Uh, gives us great keys each week to the things that we have to do offensively. And um, he really understands the game. He understands our entire, you know, our entire offense. So, um, you know, obviously it'd be tough to lose him, but we got we got some more battles yet to to play out, and, and he's in it for the long haul, so he'll be good to go. And what would any interview be these days without uh, Tebow talk? So here's Matt Light on Tim Tebow. Well, I'm never surprised at what gets talked about anymore. You know, I think I, I think I saw a seven minute piece on a girl that ate M and M's while doing like a, a handstand. That was interesting. I mean, I got into it for a while, but uh, you know, I, you know, I think it's just uh, anytime there's anything new, uh, he's obviously new. He's 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 done some incredible things this season. You know, I think the hype is justified. I think that you know, when you go out and you can lead a team like that and you can make the kind of plays that they're making, people are going to talk about you. But uh, you know, I think we've always done one good thing here, and that's you know, staying within our own locker room, staying within the framework of what we have to do to, you know, improve and not get caught up in all that stuff. And, you know, hopefully that won't be a factor. And as we all know, the Patriots are playing the Broncos tomorrow night. And here's uh, Matt Light's thoughts on the Broncos themselves. In the first meeting, um, you know, they, they, they're a very talented group up front. They're all very active. It uh, doesn't really matter what package they have in personnel-wise. Um, they present a lot of, you know, problems for pretty much everyone that they've faced. So, you know, I think that having a little bit of experience going through that, you know, albeit it's going to be a different situation being at home now and, you know, having gone up against them and seen some of the things they've thrown at us and some of the things they've done since then, you know, we've got a lot to work on, but um, it'll definitely be a big challenge for us. And as I referenced earlier, Matt Light has, uh, has, has been one of the few Patriots left on the uh, – you know, it's been here for the entire Patriot dynasty of the last 10, 11 years, and here's Matt reflecting a bit on his overall career. I look at a lot of things from my rookie year. Uh, that probably isn't one of them. Uh, you know, it's, it's always difficult when you're a rookie and you step in and, you know, take it over for a guy like Bruce and all that good stuff. And uh, we had a lot of things that happened in that season, um, you know, but that was a long time ago. And I think that, you know, where we are now is drastically different than where we were then. And, you know, obviously the guys that are on this team, there's not even a handful left anymore. But um, I think experience, you know, you can only say one thing about experience. It either served you well or it meant nothing. And, and we hope that, you know, for the guys that have been there and done that, that the experience that we have will actually propel us into the next game and, you know, do, do something for us rather than 
talk about, hey, we have a lot of guys with experience, but we couldn't go out there and show any of them on the field. So um, a long way of saying I don't think the experience means a whole lot unless you do something positive with it. And Matt Light's been protecting Tom Brady's blind side for a decade. And uh, as I mentioned earlier also, Tom Brady, if he loses tomorrow night, is going to join a short list of quarterbacks with the most playoff losses in a row ever in NFL history, like four in a row, and uh, like a record-setting uh, event, which just, again, is a negative record attached to Tom Brady for my first time in memory. Is Tom Brady ready? Here's what Matt Light had to say about Tom Brady. You know, I mean, I think it's not unlike a lot of other guys that are very, uh, let's say, passionate about what they do. I mean, you know, played with Breeze in college. He's kind of the same way. Uh, I think most quarterbacks are gambling men. You know, gambling men, they, they like to take chances. They like to go out there. They like to get the wins and all that good stuff. And when they don't, they, you know, they're upset like everybody else on this team. I mean, nobody handles a loss very well. Um, you know, we each have our own way of doing it. And I think you guys can all see how how into it Tom is, that, you know, each week and what these games mean. I mean, he puts a lot into it. We all do. And lastly, here's what Matt Light has to say about the game itself. We haven't done well, um, well enough. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just in all of our minds for the guys that have been here and been a part of that. And you work that much. You put that much time into a season. You have... You know, success to a degree during the regular season, then you go out and you can't get it done in the postseason. I mean, that's a difficult thing to swallow. But, you know, I think that's why, guys, you know, you put a little bit more time in, you put a little bit more effort into it, and, you know, hopefully you get a better outcome. And we're working hard towards that. We've had a, we've had a heck of a run, you know, through the regular season. We've had a lot of guys step up and, you know, make a lot of plays and put us in this position. Now we got to do something with it. Well, Barry, what Matt's talking about there, of course, is uh, the fact that they've lost, haven't won a postseason game in four years. They've lost three in a row, including two last two at Gillette Stadium. You may work in New York, but you live in New England, so speaking as a New Englander, is this season going to be considered an abject failure if they lose tomorrow night? Well, first of all, Matt Light is as classy as they come, and you know, for, for him to say any, any uh, aspersions on the Broncos or say anything negative, you know, that just would not be, uh, feeling chicky, and I think that's the word we could use. use I've used that word on the program before. Um, Correct. <laughs> my, my opinion of, my opinion of this game, you know, a conventional wisdom would say that it's going to be a good game that, you know, the, the Broncos will be able to move the ball on the Patriots defense and, you know, the Patriots, you know, having a little, little burp of not, not having one of, one of a playoff game in a while. Patriots are going to crush the Broncos tomorrow night. Uh, I'm, I'm convinced wow. of that. I, I wow. really, I don't, I don't, I just don't see the Tebow magic going much further than tomorrow night. The Patriots are too good. Brady's too good. Uh, I think Belichick and Brady and their friends have have cooked are, are cooking up as we speak a game plan that will that will end any kind of talk of. Of, of this season being over or a failure or anything like that, um, they're, they're just too good. They've been they've been here too many times, and you know, yeah. I mean, the Broncos have a good defense, but you know, the the Patriots have a damn good offense. So you know, they're they're, they're not going to. I I just can't see the Broncos keeping the Patriots in check. You know, I, I may be wrong about this, but this and, and again, I, I'm I'm basing this more on a hunch than anything else. 
I just think, as I said, I just think the Patriots are too powerful as an offense. Um, you know, they may give up some points on the other side. You know, uh, people won't be silent, and the, and the Broncos won't be silent. But I, I, I would be, I would be shocked if the Patriots didn't light up the scoreboard tomorrow night. And uh, and I, I, I think, I think they're going to win pretty easily. I just, I just think they're too good. You know, the, the, the Broncos have been a nice little run here, and Tebow's been a great story. But I, I just, I just can't, I can't see the Patriots losing to the Broncos. And I, and I just can't see it. Being, being much of a game. I, I just have a feeling that the Patriots are going to run all over. Wow. That is quite the statement. Uh, I, on the other hand, you know, uh, think the Broncos are, are going to give them all they can handle. I think, you know, uh, you know, they showed quite the running game, particularly in the first quarter the last time they met. Um, and, you know, I just think that uh, they are not, you know, quote, some kind of a team living the dream or whatever. I, I think they're pretty solid. I think the defense is excellent. I think that, uh, you know, the offensive line is, you know, really gotten used to working with Tebow, knowing he can run at any moment. Clearly they showed some offense that was heretofore non-existent in Pittsburgh. Uh, playing in playing against Pittsburgh uh, last Sunday, and so you know, but I but on the flip side, the Patriots are going to be highly, highly motivated. Uh, I don't have to tell you again. You're you're up here. The pressure is really, really on here. I mean, for them to win this game, uh, and by that I mean people are saying you know that if they don't win it, it's going to be one of the worst losses. In Patriots history, uh, and will, in fact, some people are going so far as to say that, uh, it will tarnish the dynasty. Literally. Um, not tarnish it like Spygate tarnish, but tarnish it as just a a lasting memory of football fans, you know, as, uh, Brady and Belichick, certainly Brady, you know, heads down the, uh, final legs of his career. So. We shall right. see, but uh, again, I think the Patriots need a quick start, as we've seen so many times at Gillette Stadium. I mean, I've gone there for 18 years, uh, the last 10 with Brady. You know, I'm used to them coming out, scoring once or twice in the first quarter, and having a 10 to 17 nothing lead, and and we go from there. Right. Well, I, think real they quick, need- I, know up, I know we're up against the break, but real quick, two things. Um, I, I certainly respect the Broncos. I mean, if you recall. I did say the Broncos last week would beat the Steelers, and then and that happened. You know, the yes. shameless, shameless blowing my own horn. But anyway, no, congratulations! Other, I, other, I remember. Yeah, the other quick factor too is uh, the Patriots rehired uh, Josh McDaniels this week. You know, former offensive coordinator, former head coach of the Broncos. He knows that team a little bit, and you know, it, it, I think that's an intangible too in the Patriots' favor. We'll we'll, we'll see. You know, what kind of uh, advantage that gives them. It certainly can't hurt them. Well, I agree, Barry. Very good points. And, uh, yeah, it's just going to be so exciting. Uh, again, this area, I haven't seen New England this jack for a football game in a while. And, uh, you know, the Tebow mania is certainly feeding into it. So not only is New England jack, the whole country's jack. No question about it. Uh, it's going to be a ratings blockbuster extraordinaire, to put it mildly. Uh, but it's not the only game. We have a couple other big ones, uh, specifically... 
the other, what I consider big one, Giants, Packers, of which you are an expert. So uh, we're going to take our break now, and you're sticking around to talk Giants, Packers, and maybe some Jets, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side, Barry. flagship station for sports voice america sports we some hard hitters we some hard hitters hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show your hosts are nfl veterans mark mcmillan and co-host byron evans it's an hour of hater free radio every week You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And back on the line is Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. And Barry, as promised, uh, you tooted your own horn, and rightfully so, for the Broncos to beat the Steelers. I was going to mention it if you didn't. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I said on this very show to you that I thought the Giants were going to beat the Packers in New York. Didn't happen, but uh, certainly... Came close. Uh, Eli Manning drove him down the field to for the go ahead for the go ahead score, but Aaron Rodgers then took uh, Green Bay down the field uh, like a knife through hot butter uh, in less than 58 seconds to score the winning touchdown. But whole new ball game now. What are your thoughts about this Sunday, Giants Packers? I, I you know it, it's funny the Packers you know they've lost one game all year. They've been so good. They've been so terrific. I, I think the Giants have a shot. I really do. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to come out and say the Giants are going to win, but I think I think they have a really good shot to not only make this a game, but if they're if they can keep it close, if they can minimize the damage that, that Aaron Rodgers is certainly going to inflict on them, if it's close in the fourth quarter, they have a shot to pull this out. They've been pulling out close games all year. I mean, a couple of intangibles. Uh, you know, one that I think works in the Giants' favor is that you know a lot is made. Uh, in the NFL about, you know, getting, you know, home field advantage, getting buys in the first round of the playoffs. Um, sometimes, the buy, sometimes the buy isn't the best thing that can happen to a team. I mean, look at the Giants, okay? There's a lot of parallels to the way 
the way the stretch has gone for this team this year and the way the stretch went for them in 2007, and we know how that turned out. Um, they've essentially played three playoff games in a row. Uh, the Jets game was certainly uh, had a playoff atmosphere. They had to win that game. They did. Uh, the Cowboy game was, was in, all, in all essence, you know, for all practical purposes, that was a playoff game. They won. And then they beat the Falcons pretty handily last week. Uh, after a um, you know tenuous first half, they kind of uh, took over the game in the second half. So there was a, the, so the Giants and Essence have played three playoff games, and the Packers have had a first round bye. Now I, I think that has to help the Giants. Um, you know, also having played Green Bay already this season, as we mentioned, you know the way that ended, you know, was certainly a, a positive for Green Bay. But you know, the Giants also knowing that they can play with Green Bay, much much like the final game of the 2000. 2007 regular season, which I believe was a, was a 38-35 loss uh, to the uh, to the Patriots. I know it was lost to the Patriots. I believe the score is 38-35, which is the same count that they lost to the Packers when they played the regular season. Um, of course, a different ball game this time. The Giants, I think, are a better team now. They're certainly a healthier team on defense than when they played the Packers the first time. Uh, on the other hand, the Packers will, will have uh, Greg Jennings back. He's missed the past three weeks with a knee injury. You know, and they've kind of, you know, not missed a beat without him. Uh, they, you know, he's, he's you know, all pro and uh, he's terrific. You know, another factor here, which, you know, I don't think will really hurt the cow, hurt the uh, Packers on the field. I mean, it, obviously a terrible tragedy this week. Uh, the son of offensive coordinator Joe Philbin died in a uh, drowning accident. Um, Packers, you know, obviously stunned by the news. Um, I heard an interview with Aaron Rodgers uh Things was the first funeral he's ever been to. So the Packers right. obviously, obviously very shaken by this. You know, you almost hate to talk about something like this or your know, real life situation affecting a football game. You know, which which we really hate to go in that area. But if anything, I think it'll galvanize the Packers. It'll make them more emotional. Um, you know, as far as you know, the game itself, I I, I don't see it hurting that hurting them as far as losing focus or anything like that. They're they're too good. They're too professional. Um, if anything, it'll galvanize them, make them more emotional. So, um, you know, it'll be difficult for them. I think the pregame, I think maybe the first couple, first couple of series. Uh, but after that, it's going to be all business, all football uh, for both teams. So, uh, getting back to the original point, Packers are a great team, and you cannot deny that they were the best team in the regular season all year. You can't deny that either. Aaron Rodgers is terrific. Will probably be the MVP, either him or Drew Brees. But you know. I think Eli has to be in that MVP conversation, but you know, either of the other two guys are, are, are going to win. Certainly, um, I think it's going to be a great game, and you know, certainly the Giants set precedent there in 07, winning that that ice bowl. Uh, you know, when Brett Favre made his last hit, uh, pass as a Packer was an interception that ice gave the Giants. So I, I look for a lot more of the same. I think it's going to be a very similar to game to that. I think I think the, I, I think the Giants have a shot. Packers will probably win, but I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a really, really exciting uh, finale to this uh, playoff weekend. A la Denver-Pittsburgh. I totally agree. Denver-Pittsburgh to wrap it up last weekend. Uh, I'm going to stick with my prediction of a few weeks back where I, I think the Giants are going to win. I think they have that Super Bowl look which I always like to talk about this time of year. The Giants are finally showing it. Uh, you referenced 2007, so we all know they can go into Lambeau Field and beat the Packers in an NFC uh, playoff game. They did that just a few years ago, many, many 
players are still in that team, most notably Ushiyu Minura, Justin Tuck, Brandon Jacobs, Ahmad Bradshaw, and of course Eli Manning. Um, I just think the Giants are playing well, and uh, I just think they're up to the task. I don't dispute for a second that the Packers were the best team in the regular season. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL today. Uh, all great points, but you know the one thing that, uh, like the Patriots, uh, the Giants, or excuse me, the Packers' defense is suspect. They. Uh, they can be had, you know. I think they and the Patriots, oddly enough, were uh, the worst two defenses in the NFL statistically, and I think that basically means yards given up as opposed to points, which is really the most important thing. Um, but if there's an Achilles heel, it's that, and if there's someone who can exploit it, particularly in the fourth quarter, if it's close, it's Eli Manning. Yeah, and he's he's done it all season. He really has. And you know the the you know, I, the Giants are going to score. I mean, there's no question about that. They can put points against the Packers defense. That that that's a given. The key here will be how effective will the Giants defense be. And I, I think that I think that's where the onus falls this week. Uh, you know, you you have Michael Bowley will be back. Uh, you know, playing linebacker. He was not there the last game when uh, Michael Finley ran wild. You're not going to have that. Uh, Bowley will be more of a clamp down presence there. The secondary has played better. I mean, the secondary was victimized all season long, but you know, in this nice little stretch they put together, you know, they, they seem to have, if they can do that, again, if they can keep it close, if they can, you know, kind of stop Aaron Rodgers from inflicting more damage than, than he's capable of doing, well, then it's going to be a great ball game and they're going to have a shot to pull it out. So I, I think the Giants' defense is going to be the key here. I totally agree, and I think the Giants, uh, you know, need to, or the Packers need to jump on, on them early establish a lead and set a tone and play with a lead, same as the Patriots. I think it's critical for both teams. And just as we, and needless to say, my pick of the weekend for week appointment viewing is obviously the NFL playoffs in general. But if you can only watch one game a day, Patriots-Broncos tomorrow night, Packers-Giants on Sunday at 4 o'clock Eastern. And Barry, we're down under two minutes. I just got to get a quick thought from you on the Jets debacle. It is a debacle, isn't it? I mean, you know. Yeah. Well said. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way you could describe it. I mean, here's a situation where, you know, you've had, you had Rex Ryan and, um, and Mike Tannenbaum, the general manager, saying all along, they were, they were adamant on the record multiple times saying, Brian Schottheimer, if he does not get another job, will return as offensive coordinator. Well, either somebody was lying or something changed, you know, right, real quick, um, you know, uh, Brian Schottenheimer stepping down uh, the other night. Uh, you know, was, was there a deal? Was it mutual? We're not really sure about that. Still, uh, there are there's talk that the two sides worked out an agreement. Uh, you know, to kind of you know ease Schottenheimer's way out, so it didn't look like he was going to be fired. But you know, they they, they sure named Tony Soprano to fill his shoes pretty quickly. So you have to think that there was that there were some kind of conversations going on before Schottenheimer left. Team. But yeah, it, it, it's a mess with the Jets, and you know I think they're in a situation where you know Rex Ryan has been talking big all year long, and it's repeatedly blown up in his face all year long. Here's yet another example, and uh, you know you had several other coaches leave too, most notably uh, offensive line coach uh, Bill Callahan, uh, who took a similar job with the Cowboys the other night, and uh, this talk Schottenheimer is going to land uh, with Nick Saban's staff 
uh, as national champion Alabama. Uh, there was also talk he would go to go with his father. His father got the job at Kansas Bay. So I don't think he's going to last Brian Schottenheimer, but this, this, this Jets team is a mess right now. It really is. Uh, and even if people like Joe Namath, uh, you know, throwing gasoline on the fire, saying, you know, Tony Sproul, you know, he called some, you know, with the Cowboys, he called some good running, running plays, but what has he really done uh, to be an offensive coordinator? So anytime Broadway Joe has something to say, you know, people in New York can still listen to him. He's still a powerful voice in New York. People either are interested in what he has to say, and, uh, you know, it's going to take a while to clean up the clamp the mess the mess the Jets have left. Well, that's right, Barry, and a mess indeed. Uh, and thank you again, as always, for joining the show. Your observations were terrific, as usual. And Voice America, thank you again for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.